So it's important that we're having this conversation, especially me with you, because I feel like a lot of our paths are similar. Our moms, how they are towards us is similar. We have tough moms, and they are going to tell us how it is. Yeah, like if we don't look right in something, they're going to say, that's ugly. (laughs) Yeah, and I think, you know, while new moms probably wouldn't say those things to their kids now because they don't want to like damage their self-esteem and stuff, you know, honestly, I think a lot of the stuff that my mom said, it she meant well. Yeah, she never. Sure. I mean, they never meant to hurt us. And they did with the best they could, and I know that they probably shouldn't have said some of the stuff that they said. But um, I don't. I'm not like damaged, or it, I, I am irreparably damaged, aren't we all a little bit? But like that did not irreparably damage me. Yeah. And in those years when we were in bands and stuff like that, there, in general, our mothers are also very like they are our biggest fans. Oh, they yeah. don't miss the show. They are always there, and that is something to say about the mothers that we have because there are a lot of parents that don't show up, and we had mothers that showed up. Yep, and um, showed up, brought people, showed us all. Oh, yeah, so proud. Yeah. told everybody. Then showed up the next day and the next. Our time. people bought tickets. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Family represents. <laughs> For sure. We need an entire section. But it also is, it was a comfort because I had that support system. You know, even in the bands and in, in the dance group and, and with fathers especially, my mom is so proud of everything I do. And it's like, I don't deserve her, you know. And having her there, though, is like built in confidence, built in you know, you've yeah. got that support there, no matter what everybody else thinks, no matter what everybody else, you're, my mom's there, and I know my mom thinks that I kick ass, and I know my mom's going to tell me that I did great, and, you know, she'll, they'll be the ones where she goes, oh, I don't like you did that song, or this, your voice is struggling today, isn't it? Because she knows all the idiosyncrasies of what I'm supposed to sound like sure. versus what I sound like sometimes. Um, but having her in the audience is always a different experience, because no matter what, I can always find her. Mm-hmm. And that's comforting. Yeah. For, I think my dad... But sometimes I, I can't... I'm sorry to interrupt. Sometimes I can't look at her when I'm singing because she's like this. Or she's clapping or she's singing and it's like super distracting. and Or she's crying. And my, dad is that. M- my dad is more of like the one I connect with musically. Oh, yeah. Your dad's... He's singing my band before with us. My dad has He's a beautiful hysterical. voice. And he has so much fun on stage. He loves it. He loves it. Now he picked up the guitar. And I'm so proud of him for that. He always wanted to play guitar as well. And he, he did it in his retired years, and I'm very proud of him. Good for him. Is he a teacher kid? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's just in the family. I don't, I don't think we have choices to be musically inclined. It just happens because we're singing and we're playing songs. That's not forced. It's just around. Okay. With all of, all of that brought, I think being in the band and stepping out of, like, family band and singing at family parties... And then going to, like, kind of the real deal, being in a band, brought a lot of insecurities. Well, yeah, people are paying you to hear, to, to listen to your band play, or if it's fathers, to listen to you sing. And all of a sudden, it's like, you you have to do your best. You have to be professional. And it's a real thing. Like, it's not just singing with your cousins anymore. This is a job. You're being paid to do something. Um, and that's intimidating and it's scary and what if you let people down and what if you don't do well what if they don't hire you again what if 
you mess up or they don't like you. Um, you know, it, it's it's so hard uh, having that pressure because you're not trying. You're not only just trying to impress your mom. You're trying to impress the hall. You're trying to get your own band. Your own. You don't want them to be pissed off at you. <laughs> you know, you couldn't carry the show. And I was petrified a lot of times on stage, especially. And people wouldn't know it. Nobody. Any time I say that I'm nervous on stage, people are always shocked. But there has never been a moment, and there will never be a moment, where I am not nervous as fuck performing. Ever. There will never be a time where I'm not nervous. I am always nervous. There are degrees of nervous, but I am always nervous. There have been times when I... Shaking so much, the little podiums that we stand on were shaking because I was shaking so hard. Yeah, I've sh- I've had my legs shaking like that before. before um, too. And I think it just comes from wanting to be the best we can be, and knowing that everybody's looking at you. Like, yeah, the whole band is eleven people, but when you're singing, I know it, they're probably looking at you, right? Unless it's a guitar solo or something, people are or they're dancing. You no, know, it's not a concert. So people and aren't then staring at you. You're also you also have a personal life, and you're going through shit, and then you got to go on stage and perform. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, because it doesn't matter. You're doing a job. It was so hard. You doesn't matter what's going on in your life. You go on stage and you're doing a job. You I, you can go watch any of my performances and you will never have any any idea that I had like the worst morning of my life that day. Or because since 12 years old, you turn it off. It does not matter what your personal life is because you're not. It's not about you. Yeah. It's you turn it off. Um, sometimes with father though, your personal life can really help. Because especially if you're trying to emote certain feelings, and it really helps you dig deep. Um, but most of the time, you got to turn off your personal life when you get out there because it's just there's no place for it there. Yeah, well, that's the beauty of music, too. It's an outlet for you to kind of turn that but like off. Insecurity is like, am I fat? Do I look fat? I feel like I look fat. I'm not as skinny as those people. Um, do I sound good enough? I feel like I'm a good singer, but, like, you know... Nobody comes out and says, hey, you're such a good singer. Like, you get compliments You don't sometimes. get compliments like that? You, I don't, I hear the words. They don't, like, they, I don't know how to take a compliment because I hear you saying it and I appreciate it so much. And it's like, thank you for thinking I'm good. But inside, all I'm thinking is, but you didn't hear this and you didn't hear that. And, you know, I always, What are you doing to try to change that? I try to be kinder to myself and just try to believe people when they say it. Or, like, I have this inner voice that people are like, oh, you're singing so good. And it's like, you're just lying. Just, you know what I mean? You don't mean that. You're always going to have that. And it's, I, I'm not saying that happens every single time, but it happens a lot. And I'm still, to this day, I have a hard time taking a compliment without being shut up like I don't understand stop I don't understand no um or you are like I just it's it's weird I've been having just saying thank you thank you for saying that thank you for saying that and just absorbing it and really trying to to take what people say at face value and not assume they're just saying it to be nice or saying it because they have to because you know after a show that's what you say right And just maybe because they really meant it. Maybe because they really did enjoy that. Maybe because they really did have a good time. And that's hard. But we also grew up in an amazing culture, beautiful community, but it is, has a lot of gossip in it. So we already know 
people are whispering, people are saying this and or that in their own little clicks and corners. Maybe some aren't, but there are some that are. And just knowing that, you know who you are. <laughs> just knowing that is going to make you insecure. Yeah. Mostly I what I thought everybody was saying and what I assumed everybody was saying was all in my head. Because being Portuguese American and speaking majority of the time English wasn't good enough spreading for some of the older generations. Yeah, and I was a little too um what's the word? I, I you know, some people said that I was too jokey on stage and I didn't take it seriously enough that yeah, a lot of feedback that I talked too much on stage, you know, but all those things that I heard as a kid that I thought were and I say as a kid because I started singing when I was 12, but a lot of that stuff kind of stifled my who I wanted to be on stage because of those negative naysayers. And sometimes, you know, being what you think everybody wants you to be instead of being who you want to be is easier uh, and safer. Um, and I'm really glad that I grew out of that. It took yeah. me a long time. It takes a while. But now I'm in my... I'm going to perform the way I want to perform mm -hmm. the songs that I want to do because that's what I'm feeling at the time. I have some songs that I will sing every single show no matter what because they are my absolute favorites and it's my show. <laughs> and I get to sing the songs that make me happy. Um, and I'm really enjoying... One of my favorite things is that at Umakaza, we get to talk about the songs. We get to like talk about what the song's about. David and I get to sing together. David gets to... You know, talk about his songs. And then we bring somebody different every show. Mm -hmm. And that I think that's my favorite thing. Since San Pablo, Fathers, I've been bringing somebody different to San yeah. Pablo since the beginning, the very first Father. Yeah, you we always fed other singers. I always bring somebody new, somebody different, give somebody a shot on stage. It's my favorite thing to do. Um, and I get to do that at Umakaza. And we brought, like, all our friends to sing with us. We've got, like, all kinds of people that are coming and showcasing their talents, and people are getting American people. See, this is really cool people. because it's different from our generation um, where a lot of the other calls started com being very competitive. When our parents' generation, I felt like they fed each other's communities more, and then there was a period of time where it was a lot of competitiveness with calls and things like that. And now I feel like since COVID... I think it's still like that. We've had to have more outlets, though, to support one another. You're singing at Umakaza, which is feeding Umakaza, and Umakaza is feeding you, and you're able to now pass that down to other singers and things like that. And we're now like... It's just like this broad spectrum again. We can really pull it together. I just, I, I love it. I love that that we get a different voice to come sing with us all the time. They get to, you know, expose themselves to, a, you know, we get a lot of American people. I'd say like 90% of our audience at our shows are American. We have some shows where it's like hella Portuguese people show up because they know one of the singers or they have like a big party or something and yeah we have a lot of Portuguese but most of the time it's a lot of American people a lot of not just American people I'm, I'm being I'm using that I shouldn't say that a lot of people who don't speak Portuguese mm -hmm. come to the shows um and so I like the idea of saying hi I'm Dave we're David and Angela we are father singers we're going to be here all the time but here are some other singers that you can go that you can learn about and go watch them sing at their other venues and we're like bringing people to an American audience and I just love the idea of just having artist after artist after artist after singer after yeah, singer just keep thing. coming through and it it makes me happy. 
For sure. I love supporting. I call them all young. I don't care how old you are. You could be older than me, but you're all young. Because I've been doing this for 30 years. And it's like, please come and sing Fabu. I, I, I don't feel the competition with anybody. Like I maybe did yourself. when I was 16, 17, 18 years old. The only person I compete with now is me. And I'm the worst. Uh, but it's such a freedom because I get to experience other people's. I just stop. I don't know. I just turned that off. But don't you appreciate other people's talents more so now that you have? Like when I was 16 and 17, 18 years old and I was singing in, in a novice of the cell and there was another singer, even if it was a Such dude. A good band, by the way. Like I felt threatened. Like they couldn't have their band and be good and I have my band and be good. Yeah. I was, felt threatened by yeah. that. But by the time I was in Rasa, it was like, I want all my friends to have bands. So that we get, like, Lisa was singing and Sylvia singing. Like, all my friends can have a band. Everybody gets a band. I, I know. I know. I like And it that was too. just so much fun. I never felt competitive with anybody. I, I, because of, but it could be the reason why we felt that, too. We grew up with doing music with our family. So it was always, like, a fun thing. That's true. And then once we kind of stepped out of people being our family, there is kind of like, oh, there's another girl that sings. But with me and you, we've always felt like family, so it's different. I We've never had that competition thing. No. Ever. But if anybody here is crying and whining and dogs, I have oh, dogs. I have three dogs. Angela's a good dog mom. I'm an excellent dog mom. <laughs> They're spoiled beyond belief. Um, but one of them right now is being scratched, and she's very dramatic and likes to let people know that it feels good. Um, so for all of you yeah, listeners, we're surrounded by puppies, they, the three might be in the shop, but for you listeners, I've got three poodle mixes that are just adorable and fluffy and super duper poofy right now. And in, in those years, I exuded so much confidence and yeah, I you did. No one would have ever known that you were insecure and that you were so insecure. I just thought that like I knew who I was and what I wanted and everything like that. I think at the end of the day I always have like the same morals. I really wanted to settle down at some point and have kids and I knew that was always something that I felt was for me since I was a little girl. And so I had a hard I had a hard time in my twenties. It's like you're identifying years in a way. You're trying to identify like who you are. And I had to disconnect from a lot of things, and I think even music was one of them because music was connected to the Portuguese culture, and the Portuguese culture has a lot of judgment for me and fed a lot of my insecurities. And I just wanted to cultivate Sylvia and figure out... That's fair. After I had a lot of, like, hardship, which, you know, you guys will hear in episodes before this, a lot of hardship, I got to a point where I had to seek help because I couldn't figure out why I was sad. And after I had the kids, after Zachary in particular, I had to tell my husband, I think I need to talk to somebody. Good for you. I need, I, I need help. And through that, because our lives have been so fast-paced and what's the next special, what's the next thing, what's the next adventure, especially when you're young and you don't really have that many responsibilities, 
um, my life slowed down a lot. And so I started processing, finally, things that I would just wake up and start drinking or partying again or going to the next festa yep. and skip through processing what happened. Um, I was able to process. I had to process those things in my 30s as a mom. And so much more anxiety, fear, and shame and guilt came with that. So I had to relearn my story. I had to literally relearn, like, acknowledge these things happened to me. Also not give myself all the blame for those things. Right. Give yourself some grace. I had to find how to give grace to myself. And for when things would happen to my kids, I would say, it's because I did this when I was younger. God is punishing me. Mm, you can't do that. And... I know I'm a good mom. I know I'm a good wife, and like, or I wasn't deserving of like. You are a Roger. great mom. We were just having this discussion off camera, <laughs> off top. You are a great mom. Thank you. I appreciate that, and nothing gives me more joy in the world than my kids, just like your dogs. <laughs> it's not quite the same. <laughs> my um, Rogers is is always say my heaven sent because I I really prayed for someone like him. And when I started to really give myself grace is when these things that I dreamt of as a little girl started happening. I do believe in manifesting. And, and I do that so much more now. I'm more in touch with myself. Like, good things are going to happen today. We, yeah. are, we are good. We are beautiful. We are bold. We are strong. We, everything is going to be good. And, you know, I could have a bad day, but I never let that carry on. And I thought that I had it all being in a band of course she's band and my voice was at its prime my body was at, it, at its prime and I thought I had it all and I was crumbling and I had no idea I had no idea that I was crumbling until I got to the crumble <laughs> to the bottom of the very last crumble and I had to pick myself up and you've done a fantastic this isn't like so my fun. year of like owning my shit as meaning like the good the bad the happy the ugly uh huh um, my story is beautiful, all good and bad, and that I'm deserving. Yeah, you are. But you need to feel like you're deserving of all the oh, things. Oh, it's much easier for me to build up other people than it is to build up myself. Yeah, you're like smiling like, yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Like, you too. I, yeah, it, it's it's harder when it's yourself. It's It, it is. So what can I do as a friend to help you with that? That is a great question. And nobody has ever asked me that before. So I really don't know. I think just do what you do. Be there. Be honest. Be vulnerable. Be... I know I'm not terrible. I know I'm not a whore. I, you know what I mean? You're I know. Not terrible It's just... It's, it's, it's hard to... Support somebody. I tell myself, my therapist, we always talk about this. Angela, if you could only build yourself up the way that you build up everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I work on it. I work on it. It's hard for me to be nice to myself. And that is something that I'm really proud of because in the past few years, I've done tremendous strides. I see it like in the videos. Like if I silence that. It, uh, the last few videos that you've had from Loma Casa, I see like way more... Um, natural confidence in you. I I would say that that's I would say true. before it was like more putting on a show and now you're like it like it's different. Like it's your it's you're walking the walk. Yeah. 
and in my father's shoes, it's I feel like I'm the most at home there. Like, and I. It's it. like you put on your little like Dorothy slippers, and you're like, "Oh, my casa is home." It's like singing in my living room. It's like singing. It's singing to my friends. It's it's. There's a comfort there that I don't find at a, at a lot of places, um, but also it comes with allowing. Just giving myself grace, being nicer to myself, not always listening to that evil bitch of a voice that lives inside my head. And she is wicked. Um, you know, being nicer to myself has been my whole, like, last three years of therapy thing. Like, just... Yeah, therapy is... Uh, love yourself. Like we said earlier, therapy is a it's hell that, of a drug. It, it comes <laughs> from loving yourself from loving your body and what it's done for you. And it may not look exactly how you imagine it looking at someday or you want it to look someday but you have to be happy with what it's done for you how strong you are what you've been through are you listening to yourself yes and those are the things that I'm working through in therapy and now when I look at my body I don't you know automatically eyeball that imperfection that only I can see right that you know he has no idea exists my husband has no idea exists or if I say to somebody oh you know this roll right here is sticking out of my shirt like, nobody would have ever seen that if you didn't yeah. point it out but to me it's like how can you miss it it's this big right um you know that comes from body dysmorphia and an eating disorder and that's all things that we'll talk about in another episode yeah. but working through all of those things and learning to Love who you are every day, even when you're in a bad mood, even when you wake up sad, even when you wake up, you know, not looking the way that you wanted to look that day, you're bloated, you're still a badass bitch. Hell yeah. Um, and just kind of, I read something and I don't remember who it was and what it was, but it stuck with me. And it's a really simple phrase and it just said, why waste your life wishing there was less of you? Why waste your life wishing there was less, less of, of you? you? Now, are you saying that in general? She meant it as weight loss. Okay. That she spent her entire life wishing she was thinner. Mm-hmm. And she wasted all of that time not doing the things that she wanted to do because she was waiting for until she was thinner or thin enough or, you know, whatever it was. And she said, I wish I hadn't wasted so much of my life wishing there was less of me. That's really strong. And just the way that she said it was like, God damn, I w- did waste a lot of my life. Like, you know, if I was fitting into these jeans, like this particular jeans, then I could wear a bikini on vacation. But if I didn't fit into those jeans, I had to wear a one piece on vacation. These were like these arbitrary rules that I had set for myself that somehow gave me self-worth. If I fit into these jeans, fucking badass. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I don't fit into those jeans anymore, then I'm worthless. And I failed and I'm you know I'm a loser or I didn't stick to my goals so I'm really hard on myself and you know it was just like a downward spiral and it was like why am I doing this to myself all the time and it was amazing that when I stopped doing those things I stopped focusing on it so much I stopped being like the first thing when I look in the mirror going like ew and is that something that you work through in therapy? Yes, and I still work through every single time we're talking. Like, I'm continuously on this journey of learning to be okay with myself and giving myself grace. 
Um, I injured my foot in November of 2018, and I've had my stupid foot issues, so I haven't been able to exercise as much as I want, or walk as much as I want, or do as, and move as much as I want, and I feel like that has affected how, um, where and how I gain weight, and I was having a lot of problem with that, um, and I just learned how to be active in different ways, and um, I'm still not great with my foot, so it sucks, but I'm not mad at it anymore. I'm... I like how I look. Mm-hmm. I like my husband likes how I look. He's my husband, by the way. His name is Rob. He is behind the camera. He's behind <laughs> all three cameras. Um, he's behind all the lights he's and the he's set up all this the reason for all the lighting. Um, but he has a lot to do with um, with building me up and just reminding me to listen to myself. He goes, I hear you say the words, but do you like believe the words? No, sometimes I like apologize to Roger for having like my mom sack. You know, mom sacks, you know, they're like, yeah. my C-sections, I have C-sections, and, and, you're natural, I, I know, and I'm like, I'm sorry that I, I have know, this. I know I like, gave you two you children. Mom? Like, he's like, you stupid? Like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, <sighs> but you feel the need to apologize. Oh, yeah, I'm like crazy. apologizing <sighs> that I have this body that created two human beings and my body stretched out like way more than it should have. And he should be worshiping every inch and of And that it. I had like major abdominal surgery to, you know, fish out of water for my kids. Gross. That's what I said. When it came out, I said, fish out of water. This is like, (laughs) these are the things that people that don't have children like me, and all I think about is it. Like, all of that that she just said, that sounds extraordinarily painful. And I just, said I mm. wanted to get him out of the best feeling in the world. I said the first, uh, the, and then I said, I'm never getting pregnant again when they took him out for a C-section. And they go, uh-huh, that's what they all say. I'm like, oh, this is not happening again. <laughs> this is not happening again. Yeah, you'll get baby fever again. But it does help having that support. It doesn't have to be a husband or a boyfriend or a partner. It doesn't have to be that you have your support people that should lift you up yeah even like friends at work and you know it's just it's good to have people scratch that it's good to be able to hear what people say and take what they say as opposed to making it what i think they're trying to say right when my girlfriend from work says i did a good job or you know that she liked working with me on that project or she's really proud of something that i did because she recently she's my boss now she was my friend and my coworker. now she's my boss so when she tells me stuff, it's like, oh, thanks. Mm-hmm. You know, but also like, oh, I could have done that. Better. Have you done the um, love languages test? Yes. What's yours? Mine, well, do I even have it on my phone, I think. I don't remember. Mine was words of affirmation and appreciation, I think. For the same freaking person. And then his, <laughs> my husband's was one that, like, we were the same kind of. Words of affirmation and quality time. And quality time. His was words of affirmation and quality time. And mine was words My of affirmation. My husband's was gifts. And I'm the worst gift giver. Not, I don't say the worst. I just, I'm like, I don't know what to get. Like, it's not my love language. Right, right, right. Like, it's just not. But it's you just, try, right? I try. I'm getting better. I'm like, trying is, it's never been my strong suit. Buying men gifts. <laughs> like, it's not. I grew up with all girls. It's. You should make them like, like they do for kids. Can't he make like a wish list? Like, no, now that's what we do. We're like, here's my Amazon. There you go. And, and then you just pick forth. something off. Yeah. There we but go. But he's like, you, do you, can I, like, what do you want? Like, let me buy you something because he loves to give too. Right. Like, he's like that too. 
So he I'm comes home, I'm like, like nothing. I don't need anything. He's like, come on. Like, do you need anything? He's like, he's like down to just find me a bra that I really, really want. Like, what do you want? Rob comes home with Legos. <laughs> you never tell me what you want. <laughs> I found like I found these Legos for you at Target. It's, it's the new Harry Potter set, and it's like. I don't need the Legos, but I desperately want the Legos, so yeah. thank you for the Legos. I love Legos. But it's his, it's his way of saying he was thinking about me, and it's, it's a little, you know, it's one of his love languages. Um, and I really think that having his support and having therapy and medication, being diagnosed and being medicated, um, has really changed... I said this to you earlier, and I said I think I said it the other day. You don't really feel, you don't really realize how unlike yourself you have become until you start feeling like yourself again. Mm-hmm. And through therapy and medicine, when I started feeling like myself again, that's when it all started like jiving and, and clicking, and you know, insecurity started to fade away. I was more able to be vulnerable and honest, and I'm just, I'm, I'm an open book I feel like I'm super easy to read I feel like you can ask me anything and I'll, I'll tell you because mm-hmm. you know um, but that's also scary to a, to a degree because not everybody has good intentions for your yeah. vulnerability and for your generosity and for your empathy and for your you know your niceness right people, people I think act our like they're perception your friends of and loving not. ourselves sometimes is what we think or how we feel other people are perceiving us. Well, I feel like if I love myself too much, script. people might think I'm conceited. Or I'm, I'm stuck up. Mm-hmm. Not confident, right? There's a really fine line between confidence and arrogance. And I don't ever, ever, ever want to cross the line and ever appear arrogant because, God, am I like... I just... I can't stand that in other people. And I never, ever, ever want to show that. I, I don't think I've ever boasted about myself or like do I I don't right like no I think we promote our you have to promote yourself but I'm like like oh my god I'm just so great at everything I do I sing the best like you know when I was the most insecure is when you talk the most is when I posted the most selfies of myself same and the most look at me look at me I'm so insecure but let me put seven filters on this on Snapchat and then I'm gonna post it I love myself more than I ever have in my life and I never post any pictures of myself really that is exactly yeah it's so crazy yeah I've I've learned to love myself because I've also felt love on a different caliber when it comes to my kids to my husband mm-hmm. and um, him really wanting me to like do what you got to do to feel better. Like, I'm just here to support you and everything like that. And I just felt, I think, judged in every other relationship and circumstance. And I wasn't able to be fully authentically myself and own it. He knows everything that I've gone through. And, you know, my story becomes his story. And things that I post too, I, I say, hey, are you comfortable with me sharing this? Because some of those things are just for me and him to process and work through. And also make me the wife that I am to him mm-hmm. we both have um, a big guard around ourselves when it comes to who we let in and so friendships because now I've created this like safe bubble with my husband and my kids and now friendships are hard for me to cultivate and have because I don't want to break that that what I have right now but I know that it's also not healthy for me to not expand yeah. Well, you don't have or to like, break your bubble. You can have things outside of your bubble. You can add things to your bubble. Mm-hmm. You could be like Mickey, you know, like the main bubble and then two little bubbles stuck on top. 
Yeah. Extra bubbles, friends, extracurricular activities. You don't have to. You're literally keeping yourself in a bubble. Metaphorically, literally in a bubble. Yeah. So I'm stepping out of my bubble with this podcast and yeah, everything that I'm doing. And um, I'm letting people know things that maybe they would have never known about me. And to maybe see that the Sylvia that is on stage and singing is not the Sylvia that you thought you knew. No. And I feel, I hope that through us talking and being honest about what we've gone through, that other people will know that they aren't alone if they feel the same way. Um, I know that when I listen to your podcast and I hear you say some stuff, it's like, bitch, girl, I'm feeling this. Like, I have felt that before. Um, and I I know we talked about a lot of Portuguese things today, and I hope your, your non-Portuguese listeners know that, you know, we apologize for all the Portuguese references that you guys may not have understood, but it's a huge part of our life and culture. Huge part of our life. Um, sometimes it's hard not to. Um, I really hope that somebody listens and says if that we're brave enough to talk about those things we can be brave enough to talk about those things too and well when we spoke the other day on the phone we talked for two hours we hadn't talked in a long time um physically like we you know we do our passerby stuff and things like that but uh you had said something that really hit me hard and you said when i learned that my personality traits were symptoms it really hit me hard because I think that is me too, where I thought I was this big extroverted person because I was a performer, but that the end of the day, I'm very introverted and I enjoy that person. And I don't have to be like, ta-da, look what I can do mm-hmm. all the time. I have a talent um, and I enjoy that, but I really actually do and love being, you know, with myself. Nothing better than driving by yourself and listening to your music Mm -hmm. and sitting in your own thoughts. I've had to learn how to do that too. I never got to sit in my own thoughts. I was sitting in everybody else's thoughts. And through therapy, I had to break open all of those wounds and now I'm starting to mend them and I'm just like loving this part of my life because I feel smart. Like yeah, knowing you must myself. feel like strong and 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 I don't feel in kind of incredibly in- strong yet. I think I'm getting there. Good. There must be a sense of being in control because you're the one making these decisions and wanting to do these things. I'm proud of you. It takes a lot of guts to open up hard things to talk about and talk about them. So how are we going to? You mentioned about um, when your symptoms. Are your personality traits or symptoms? Meaning, like, what I meant by that, ADD, ADHD. So when you realize that things like, well, you know, she's talkative and she talks too much and Mm -hmm. she's she doesn't sit still and she jumps from project to project and she you know can't focus and all these things and you think that their personality traits. Oh, Angela's just a motor mouth. I've been a motor mouth my whole life. I've always talked fast. I've always not been able to shut up. But then when you start working through yourself in therapy and they start pointing things out, it's like these things that I thought were personality traits my entire life were actually symptoms of something that I didn't even know mm-hmm. I was going through. Yeah. And like it hit you, it when yeah. it hit me like, whoa, like that's not who I am. There are things that I'm doing because of what I am. Like it, there's. It was just, it blew my mind. Yeah. I definitely needed to have some type of medication when I was in school because I could not pay attention at all. And I think 
instead of looking dumb in class and not knowing the answers, I was the class clown or I was the loud one because I had to be something else because smart wasn't going to be it. I felt like I just worked harder to get the same results as the other kids in my class. I gave up on school. I was like, "Ah, I'm not good at it. I'm not doing well. I try to listen. I can't. So I'm just going to flourish in another way. And you did. And I had fun. (laughs) I I loved people and theater and performing and just being out there. And just, I, I've always done really well just communicating with people. So, and you want to hear how messed up I am? (laughs) But like the rest of you haven't been listening. Um, in high school, I was singing in a band, a real live band on the weekends, had a job, was getting paid cash money to sing with my cousins, be in a band on stage performing in front of people on the weekends. I was too embarrassed to try out for my school drama club. Too embarrassed to try out for choir at my school. Because those are American kids. Those are like, I sing Portuguese. I can't go to American and sing in English. What if they make fun of me? Like, I could be on stage and perform, but I was too embarrassed to even try to do it at school. Because I was just so worried about what the kids would think. They already thought I was weird. I couldn't go to any, like, American parties because, you know, I don't know those people. I don't know their parents. I can't, you know, they. my mom didn't know their parents. I couldn't go. Um, I was already only going to, like, Portuguese fetishes on the weekend, not hanging out with the school kids. I already thought I was weird. Um, and then, like, I wanted to do those things, but I just had, had no guts, no... I was not confident at all. I wanted to try out for cheerleading, try out for for the um, what was the other one called the the um, the pep squad? It, it was not pep squad. No, it was, it's the color guard. No, yeah, it, it is. Yeah, no, but who are the, the cool ones? Like the best ones. Oh my god, you can't say best ones. Well, they, they, like at our school, there were tiers, and like the coolest and the and like the most cool chicks were like this one level of cheerleader. The baton. I don't know what they were. I was never one of them. I was never cool enough to be one of them. But I wanted to be that. Wait, I have to check my DoorDash. This is real life because I sent my son a happy meal. I have to make sure it gets to him. He's literally having the best time ever. <laughs> I mean, just text my mom. The ha- happy meal got there. Happy meal got there. We can literally talk all day yeah. about our Everything. mental health journey. And I think we have to save that for another episode. Got it. This is like the an- intro to Sylvia and Angela's <laughs> Meta the Vida Vela show. <laughs> Part one. Part one. Um... But what'd you say? I said Fadisha Fridays. <laughs> but I'm not a Fadisha. I don't consider myself Fadisha. We have to come up with a, a, a name for our, our little duo. Fadisha and Friends. Huh? Fadisha and Friends. Fadisha and Friends, but it's her show. Now you need your own show. No, I want all my friends to have podcasts. You get a podcast. You get a podcast. You get a podcast. People will be like, Angela, can you shut up? Please shut up. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. This you're is a welcome. really great. I'm really proud of you. I'm really glad that you're having this conversation. I'm glad that you're inviting other people to have this conversation because it's kind of tough to sit here and know that everybody's going to know all the business about me and stuff. And it's kind of liberating in a way. Yeah. Um, I know that we have another podcast scheduled where we're going to talk about more um, personal mental health journey stuff. And we've got, I'm really excited about that. Um, but this was, I think, super fun, super us. Definitely. <laughs> I don't know. We talk on the normal. <laughs> and I hope people had a good time listening to us. And, you know, I agree. If you could give advice to somebody about finding a way to maybe more so love yourself more, what do you think that 
would benefit someone like advice that can benefit someone to love themselves a little bit more because it's hard it's hard because I'm still working on it myself but I do I have a stupid little exercise that I do that I learned from my therapist like on my very first visits with him um and he told me to practice this when I went home and I thought it was so stupid and I just ignored it and then I started doing it and it really works anytime you look at yourself in the mirror smile Mm. Even if you're just passing by the mirror, even if you're just brushing your teeth, even if you're just looking for a second to fix your hair, smile at yourself um, and continue to smile at yourself and do it every time. And it's weird, but it works. That's a good one. And I, it, it's just, it's, it's something that I do. That's really good. Um, and the other thing is that you're better than you think you are. Ooh. And... That's almost always the case. Yeah. No, it is pretty much always the case. You're better than you think you are, and you're capable of more than you think you're capable of. And just keep telling yourself that. Amen, sister. And then if we want to learn more about Angela herself. Angela. Um, well, last year, my official, like, fan page on Facebook got hacked, and they were trying to, like, make me pay them money to get it back. Oh, I had, like, 7,500 followers or something on it so it got shut down by facebook so i don't have an official but you can find me on um pandora i have my own station on pandora just look for angela brito you can look for me on itunes you can look for me on amazon um or you know look for my pages on instagram vida fadista whoop whoop thanks <laughs> i love you so much i'm you know i don't I post a lot i'm not like one of those follow me on social media and you're gonna see me in bali and all on my trips but you know i'm funny <laughs> sometimes so that's you know and I post hilarious things about my husband. So that's at least worth following me for because I'll make you laugh that way. Well, we're in this together, girl. Yeah. We're going to learn how to love ourselves more and more every day. Thank you. I for... think I love myself more a little bit more right now after doing this. <laughs> You're with me. That's, that's probably why. <laughs> well, thank you for having, I mean, thank you for coming on my show and having me in your home. Oh, of course. I wanted your first like video version of your podcast to be like super homey and I'm really happy that you wanted to do it here and I'm proud of you and just keep doing this. I feel like I, love you. I know I feel like the older I'm just so proud of you. And now I'm going to cry, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening and the episode will drop and I will post all of the links to Umakaza, to Angela's page. And maybe some resources to where you guys can seek some help. I know there are a lot of different outlets we can use. It's not always therapy. It could be through exercise, yoga, eating better, talking with a friend. I'm so happy that you guys were able to meet a dear friend of mine, Angela. And to know Angela is to love Angela. Okay. <laughs> so thanks again. And we'll catch up on the next episode. Bye.